Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Hey, how we doing? See, okay, for real, I never know how to, like, intro myself when I get up there because usually I do talk to youth. I actually I travel around and I do school assemblies all across the country. So when I get up there, I'm like, What's up? And the kids are like, what's up? But when I'm on a Sunday morning, everybody's like, hey, that was really awkward. Why did you do that? You scared me. So I am sorry. I'm still trying to figure out how I introduce myself to adults. But I am so glad to be here with you guys this morning. This is like my, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, This is probably my, my fourth time, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's getting up there now. This is like a second home almost. And uh, just so you guys know, a uh, long time ago, uh, last year, I, I was a youth pastor for about seven to eight years. And then one day my pastor came to me and he said, all right, Terrence, it's time for you to decide. Are you going to be a pastor or are you going to be an evangelist? And so my wife and I, we prayed about it. And I came to my wife and I was just like, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to quit my job, and I'm just going to trust that the Lord is going to provide. And she was like, no, you're not. That's crazy. So my wife is way smarter than I am. So if you guys go out there, there's a table, and on that table, you will see, like, uh, T-shirts. I was supposed to have, like, brand-new T-shirts today, but I got an email saying that they weren't going to come until tomorrow. So I'm sorry. So you guys get these T-shirts that have my face on them. But if you're just like, mm, you ain't that cute, then don't get a t-shirt. But uh, also on there are some DVDs. And on the DVD, there are three different messages on there. And if you do not like this morning's message, you are not going to like this DVD. So don't, this is the worst promo ever. But just saying that if my wife, if she calls, then that would be really weird if she called you. But if she calls and said, hey, the Terrence promo it, I did, I did my job. Boom, we're done with that. I want to make sure we have enough time because I usually I usually talk a lot. And so I'm going to see if I could just cut that down today. We're just going to get right into it. And the whole message of today, the whole reason why I'm here today is so you know, don't give up. Don't give up. Matter of fact, turn to the person next to you and let them know, don't give up. Don't, don't give up, little boy. He's like, I will cut you. No. Don't give up. In Second Chronicles uh, 15.7, it says this, But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. Don't give up. All right, case in point. Uh, growing up, I had two older brothers, okay? And I don't know anybody in here have older siblings, older siblings. Yep, okay. My older siblings could do everything better than me, okay? My older siblings, when it came time for, like, grades and school, my older siblings didn't even need to study for their classes. They would just come in on the day of the test, and they'd be like, oh, there's a test going on today? I had no idea. And they would sit down, and then, boom, they would get an A on that test me, I would study for two weeks straight. And I'd be like, oh man, I'm so excited to take this test today. And I would walk into my classroom like I was the Kool-Aid man. Boosh, let's do this. I would sit down. I would take that test. And you know how people, they get their test papers back and they're like, oh look, I got an A. 
hey, oh, look, I got a B plus. I was the kid in the class. I was like, sweet, I got a D. I passed. This is awesome. My brothers did everything better than me. My brothers, they could brush their hair better than I could. They could eat cereal better than I could. They did everything better than me. And then one day, it all came to a crashing head. And I'll never forget it. I'm just sitting down, minding my own business, eating a bowl of Frosted Flakes. Now, okay, so, uh, first of all, Frosted Flakes is the greatest cereal in the world, okay? If you do not agree with me, I will punch you in your throat. That is like the greatest cereal ever. They're like, man, I came to church and I did not know I was going to be assaulted. Like, I love Frosted Flakes. But anywho, I am sitting down and I am eating a bowl of the Frosted Deliciousness. And then all of a sudden, I can feel my older brother staring at me. Now, you guys have to know that my older brother's name, his name is Bug. I don't know why we call him Bug. I mean, shoot, that's just what we do when we're black. So my older brother, Bug, he is staring right at me. And I'm just like, hey, man, this is kind of awkward. I don't even know if Tony the Tiger would approve of this. And then all of a sudden, he goes, Terrence, I bet I could beat you in a race. And I'm like, uh, dude, of course you could beat me in a race. You are nine years older than me. Of course you could be, uh, he's actually six years older than me. Of course you could beat me in a race. And he's like, Terrence, I bet you $100 that I could beat you in a race. Now, first thing he says when he said that, first thing that just popped up in my, man, my mind was awesome. You know how many Nintendo games I could buy with $100? So, of course, I'm like saying to myself, I've got to at least try. I've got to at least try to beat my brother. And so we start to go outside. And as we're going outside, we're making a little bit of a commotion. And, of course, my mom is upstairs, and she wakes up. You know, my mom, she's like the nicest mom in the world. And she comes downstairs, and she's just like, Hey, 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 hey. I promise my mom's not a crack. Hey, what's going on down here? And I'm like, Mom, I'm going to race Bug, and I'm going to beat him for $100. And, you know, my mom, she loves me and everything, but she's like, mm-hmm, you stupid. You're cute, but you're stupid. And so we start to go outside. Now, you also have to know our house is on top of a hill, and at the bottom of that hill was the rest of the community. And so my brother, he's like, all right, Terrence, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go down to the bottom of that hill. First person back up wins. I'm like, okay, cool, 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 cool. And as we're going down to the bottom of the hill, I'm trying to do every single stretch I could do in order to make myself run a little bit faster. And then finally, we get down to the bottom of the hill. And he's just like, all right, Terrence, on your marks. And the minute he says that, I'm just like, boom. I'm in my position. I am ready to go. And he goes, get set. And I'm like, all right, Terrence, laser focus, laser focus, laser focus. And then he goes, now hold on. And I'm like, hold on. What you mean hold on? That don't mean go. What you mean hold on? And he goes, Terrence, I'm so confident I could beat you. I'm willing to give you a 10-second head start. And I'm like, oh, snap. Merry Christmas to me. Okay, we got to do this. We got to do this. And he goes, Terrence, are you ready? And I was like, I was born ready. Arr. And he's like, all right, on your marks, get set, go. And the minute he says go, I'm taking off. I'm running as fast as I can. My arms are flinging all over the place. Now, I'm not paying attention to the time. And I don't know if 10 seconds or 10 minutes have passed by. But then all of a sudden, I can hear my older brother's footsteps right behind me. And they're getting louder. And they're getting louder and closer 
and closer. And I'm starting to think to myself, I cannot win. Of course he's going to beat me. What was I thinking? And then all of a sudden, I'm like running up this hill. And of course, I'm starting to run out of breath. I'm sitting here. I'm thinking I'm going to pass out. I don't know if you've ever seen a black man turn red, but it ain't a pretty sight. And as I'm running up this hill thinking I'm about to lose this race, I just close my eyes, just hoping this will help me run faster. But then all of a sudden, within the darkness of my mind, I heard, run, baby, run. I was like, oh, snap, that's my mama calling me. I got to go. And so I started picking up the pace, and I'm running just a little bit faster. And next thing I knew, I could feel the embrace of my mom. And she goes, you did it, Terrence. You beat him. You did it. And I was just like, I beat him. I beat him. And I'll never forget, my brother, he came over to me. He threw a $100 bill in my face. And he goes, I'm still prettier than you. But I don't even care. Because on that day, I beat my brother. And I didn't beat my brother in the race because I was faster than him. I didn't beat my brother in a race because I was smarter than him. The only reason why I was able to beat him in that race was because I didn't give up. People, this is what I'm here to tell you today. It does not matter where you have started in this race called life because so many times in this life, we continue to think that we are further behind than what we really are. That is called each and every one of you. You are important. You matter. And so many times we get so busy looking what, at what everybody else has and thinking, I don't have it like they do. I'm not as rich as them. My family is not as put together as, as theirs is. My job is not as good as theirs. I'm not as smart as they are. But I'm here to tell you today that no matter where you are at in your life, God called you. God is with you. He is calling your name. He did not create you out of an accident. He didn't create you because he wanted somebody to laugh at. He created you because he loves you. And the things that are happening in your life right now are not things that are meant to stop you. They are not things that are meant to make you stumble and just sit there and wait for the end to happen. God called you to overcome it. He is with you. Your race, no matter where you are at in this life, is important. And you are going to make it through. Don't give up. Turn to the person next to you one more time and let them know. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't choke the person next to you, too. That's, that's a whole other message. See, today... I want to let you know that in this life, does not matter what has happened, does not matter if you walked into this room today and you're like, man, I wasn't even supposed to be here this morning. That storm was going to stop me. I even said I ain't going today, but I'm here to tell you today that God has brought you here for a purpose. There are some of you in this room right now, you have no idea the reason why God called you here, but the reason why I know he did it's because he wants you to know, don't give up. See, uh, one of the funniest verses in the Bible to me, and, and I preached about this verse before, but I just love it because it's just so hilarious to me. Now, I know some of you are sitting there thinking, you're like, uh, Terrence, the Bible is really serious. I know that. Okay, I went to Bible school. I know the Bible is really serious. But 
every single time that I read this, this message, this part, I, it always makes me laugh. As a matter of fact, there's one certain part that every single time that I read over it, I'm just like, hee hee hee, because it's so funny to me. And so I'm going to read you guys the funniest story in the Bible, and I will tell you why it's so funny. And the story we are going to look at this morning is in Mark 10, 46 through 52. Mark 10, 46 through 52. And it starts off like this. Then they reached Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples left the town, a large, a large crowd followed him. A blind man named Bartimaeus was on the roadside begging. Now, okay, being blind, that's, that's not funny. That's actually pretty sad. But it goes on to say that when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. And when Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. And immediately, Bartimaeus jumped up, throwing aside his cloak and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked them. Rabbi, I want to see. Then Jesus said, Go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. You missed it! You totally missed it! Nobody laughed. Everybody was actually pretty serious through all that. I was like, but it, you guys missed the funny part in this. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to read that verse one more time. The funny, the funny part of the verse is this. And it happens in verse 49. And it says this. When Jesus heard him, they, he stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man. Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. That's funny. Now, the reason why it's funny to me, because I don't know about in your Bible, but in my Bible, there is an exclamation point after cheer up. And if you have graduated from second grade or you have watched a whole lot of Sesame Street like I have, you know that an exclamation point is a point of emphasis. That means that they are yelling this. That means that when they said it, they said, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. You can't say that with a frown on your face. You can't just be like, Hey, cheer up, brother. He's calling you. You can't say it like that. You've got to smile when you say that. You've got to yell it. Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Now, the reason why this, this verse is so important, the reason why I think it's important for you this morning is this, that there are a couple things here. For one, you have to know that back in the day, when you were a blind person, when you were begging on the roadside, you couldn't just decide one day you're going to get up and just go beg for money. They didn't do that back in the day. Actually, they had official beggars of the church. And if you were going to be an official beggar of the church, that means that you had to go before the church board. They had to see, yep, you can't really work. People need to give you money. And so what they did were they gave you a cloak. 
and you put that cloak on. And so when you sat outside, before people gave you money, they would look to see if you had an official cloak of the church so that they could give you the money that you needed. Here's the thing about it. This blind guy, the minute that he heard Jesus was calling him, what does it say? He threw his cloak to the side. What does that say? It says that he took the one thing that he was going to need in order to get money, he took it and he threw it to the side as he's about to approach Jesus. He knew that this is the only way, not, not this cloak that people, he didn't want to continue to get, have people just give him money. He knew and he was hoping that Jesus had something more for him. What does this say about you? This is this, that no matter who you are in this room, I am telling you today that you have to throw aside your security blanket. God wants to bless you, but he can't bless you when you're holding on to things. You have to let it go and trust that God is going to take care of you. Your blessing is not going to come the more that you are clutched on to whatever it is you think is taking care of you. And even for some of us in here, it's ourselves. We think we're so good at taking care of ourselves. You are not. What happens when you get sick? Can you go into work? No. And sometimes you only have a certain number of sick, day, sick days, don't you? And after you run out of sick days, what happens? You could take off work, but you're not going to get paid. Or maybe for others of you, you have learned in life that sometimes your security blanket is other people. And you're like, man, if this person left my life, I don't, I don't know what would happen. I do. Let those security blankets go. If it's not Jesus, it's not helping you. Let it go. <laughs> the, one of the other things that I love about this verse is that this man he got up and he came to Jesus a blind man came to Jesus now in this story it does not say okay they were this many feet away and it was taking place on this road now we don't know how far away this blind man was away from Jesus but I'm guessing it, was, it wasn't a substantial distance, but let's just say I'm the blind man and Jesus, even if Jesus is that table over there, that means that this blind man, this guy that couldn't see, had to find his way to Jesus. Remember, nobody got up. Uh, Jesus didn't say, hey, go get the guy, bring him over. He just said, call out to him. And they called out to him. And what did the blind man do? He got up and he came to Jesus. And as a blind man, I'm sure I'm not going way out of scripture on this, but I'm sure he ran into some people on his way to Jesus. I'm sure he went the wrong way. I'm sure there are some things in the road that he did not see and he tripped. Can you guys imagine? He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I gotta get to Jesus. He's like, nope, you, you are a child. You are not Jesus. And he's like trying to find his way to Jesus. And as he's, he's trying to find his way, he probably fell. He probably grabbed the wrong person. But the thing about it is this. He finally made it to Jesus. What does this mean about you? What I'm trying to say is this. You are going to make mistakes. Each and every one of you. But that does not mean you give up. That does not mean that after the first time you fall, after the second time, the third time, Jesus says, nope, your time has passed. He's still there. 
every single person in this room has sin in their life. I have sin in my life. But Jesus still says, call him. He's precious to me. I love him. Let him keep on coming. So what I'm trying to tell you is this, that yeah, you're going to fall. Yeah, there are going to be things that pop up in your life where you're going to be like, man, why can't I get over this? But I'm telling you today, get yourself up. Say, Jesus, this is why I need you. And continue down your path to him. And you will get what you need. But don't just fall and sit in your sin. Get up and go towards Jesus. Now, think about this verse. Is it tells the story of two different people. There are two different people in this room today. There are those that Jesus says call to him. Because remember, Jesus did not call to this blind man. Jesus, I'm sure, I'm sure Jesus had a loud voice. I'm sure he could have easily said, hey, blind Bartimaeus, come on down. Your price is right. But he did not say that. Jesus turned to the people that were next to him. He turned towards the people that were walking with him. And he said, you call out to him. There are people in this room that God is, you're with God. Maybe you have been uh, doing this uh, church thing for a while now. You uh, say, hey, I am a Christian and I believe in Jesus fully. And he is speaking to you and he is telling you, call out to those people. They need to know that there are people that care about them. But then there are others of you in this room. You need to know that your time has come. And maybe for you, it's been five years, ten years, hurt. Maybe some of you, you feel blind. Maybe some of you, you feel hopeless. But your day has come. Jesus has finally come down the road and he's saying, call them. It's time for them to get up and let me heal them. Today is today. Who are you in this room? Are you a one that needs to call out? Are you somebody that needs to come? There's no shame in either one of those. Every person in here needs to know that they are loved. Every person in here falls but needs to know they can get back up. Every person in here needs to know that there is somebody calling this is the only way you finish the race. See, um, Winston Churchill, uh, he has a quote, and he says it like this. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be. For without victory, there is no survival. What was Winston Churchill saying? Winston Churchill was saying this, that in life there is going to be a fight. And if you're going to live, you're going to fight. And if you're going to fight, you better learn how to win. You can win this. And, and if you want to know how to win in a fight, here are a couple easy ways for you. Number one, you have to declare the victory that is in your life. It starts with your mouth. What did Jesus say when the blind man finally came to him? What do you need from me? 
not what is wrong with you. Tell me how bad it's been. Tell me how bad you think it's going to be. No, he says, what do you want me to do? I want to see. Okay. When you are dealing with something in your life, you've got to start speaking those victories out. You've got to start saying, yes, I know that my God can do this. I know I may be far behind, even in the things in life that it doesn't seem like uh, you, you, maybe you caused it for yourself. Maybe there's amount of bills that are piling up and you're saying, man, I have, I, I've had a hard trouble paying these bills. That doesn't mean you keep on walking around and being like, man, I'm so broke. Man, I'm so, we're just poor. We are really poor. You know that? You know how poor we are? We are so poor. No. Be like, no, God has blessed me. God has got me. He has fed me today. He has woke me up. I am ready to go. And then when the time comes and then you're sitting there and you're praying, God's going to be like, hey, what do you need from me? God, I need to eat again. God, I need to pay these bills. He's going to be all right. Don't worry. I got you covered. But do not speak and say, God, uh, things are just so bad right now. I don't even know where to begin, Lord. I just, I just need you for everything. My life is terrible. No! Your God loves you. Your God wants to give you victory. God is not here to spank you. God is not here to be mad at you. God is not here to make sure that you stay down on the ground. God is here because he is a loving father. He loves you so much and all he's saying is just ask me and I want to be able to give it to you. Not because you have done some dutiful thing. Not because you prayed for 20 hours straight. Now you've reached that point where I can start giving you stuff. The minute that you turn your heart towards Christ, the minute that that, that blind beggar named Bartimaeus called out to him, he said, I want to do something for you today. He did not wait for him to pray. He did not wait for him to come to church 20 more times. He said, today is your day. Today is your day. Speak your victories. And God will bless you. Number two, you have to know that anything you do for God is not a waste. Uh, matter of fact, in uh, 1 Corinthians, or, yeah, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, so my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. What does this mean? This means this that whatever you do for God, it, it's not useless. So I know there are a lot of people who's like, okay, Terrence, what are you telling me to do? If I turn towards Jesus today, does that mean that, that I'm going to have to pray for uh, two hours a day? Does that mean I'm going to have to go to church every single Sunday? I'm going to tell you right now, it's not, it's not going to hurt you. But at the same time, there are points where I get through my day and I'm like, man, I only pray for like five, ten minutes today. And the thing about it is this. Don't sit there and be like, that's not enough time. I can't do it no more. No, if you got five minutes, Give your five minutes. If you got four, three Sundays, two Sundays, one Sunday, you make sure that you're here. Whatever it takes, you give it to God. And I'm telling you, your five minutes is better than zero. Your one, two Sundays is better than no Sundays. So whatever you have, you make sure that you give it to God, and he will do something with it. Make sure whatever you do for God is not useless. But last but not least, you have to see yourself separate from your struggles and see yourself the way that God sees you. Okay, uh, case in point, uh, you guys might have saw my daughter is here with me. Her name is Gracie. And Gracie, she is going into kindergarten this next year. And so this whole year during preschool, uh, she had to learn. There are a couple of things they wanted her to know before she goes to kindergarten. One of the things that she needs to know is how to spell her name. And so I remember Gracie, she's hilarious. She's one of the funniest people I know. Just some of the things she says, I'm like, girl, how old are you? But the thing about it is this. As we're studying for her to practice her name, I was like, okay, your name is Gracie. G-R-A 
C I E. I don't know why I had to think about that for a second. <laughs> I E. So we went through this. And so the day came where she was going to have to take a test. And I'll never forget. I'm like, okay, how do you spell your name? Just tell me. And she was just like, G R three two Z. Well, I was like, okay, wait a minute. You just said some numbers in there. I don't even know where you got that. Those numbers and letters are totally different. I don't understand. Now, the thing about it is this. If you were to ask me things about Gracie, uh, first things I would say about her, she's funny. She's uh, beautiful. Uh, she, she looks like me, which is really awkward, but cute. Uh, but the last thing I would tell you about Gracie is that she's a terrible speller. Because that's not the way I see her. I don't look at her as a terrible speller. I look at her as an awesome and my lovely daughter. God looks at you the same exact way. Sometimes we get caught up and you're like, no, nah, uh, I'm somebody that's trying to recover from smoking. I'm somebody that's trying to stop doing this. I'm somebody that has failed so many times. I'm somebody that's gotten a divorce. I'm somebody that's gone through a bankruptcy. I'm somebody that got fired. God does not look at you as any of those things. He only looks at you as son, as daughter. So when you were running this race called life, remember, you're not running as somebody who is broken. You're not running as somebody who has been left behind. You're not running as, as somebody who is fatherless. You're running this race called life as somebody who wants you. Somebody who looks at you as theirs. Somebody who thinks the world about you. Somebody who wants to give the world to you. Don't give up. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna close and worshiping. You guys can come back up and one of the things uh, I'll tell you guys one last story before we close. Uh, see, I I get the awesome privilege to be able to travel around and and go to different schools all across the country. And one of the, the big things that I do uh, when I go to these school assemblies is I'll talk uh, about how everybody needs a dad hug. And uh, if you don't know what a dad hug is, a dad hug says, I love you, and you don't have to do anything for me. Dad hug says, I think you're great, and you don't have to be the superstar athlete. You don't have to get straight A's. I just think you're great because you're you. So uh, I'll never forget, there's this one school assembly where I was at, and I was going along just like usual, and I started to talk about um, my dad. My parents got a divorce when I was two or three years old, and I didn't get to see my dad a lot because my dad was an alcoholic. And the thing about it was, this is what made me realize how important a dad hug was. And I talked about how I give my daughters dad hugs all the time. And as I'm talking about this, there's this girl that's sitting in the front row, and she is bald. Now, usually, uh, the, the whole gym, don't get me wrong, the whole gym is crying at this point. But for some reason, as I'm walking past, something kept on telling me, you need to give this girl a hug right now. You need to give this girl a hug right now. I'm like, God. I can't just stop everything I'm doing. There's like hundreds and hundreds of students sitting in this gym. I can't just stop for one girl. And God goes, no, you need to give this girl a hug right now. So in the middle of the whole assembly, 
I said, I'm sorry. Uh, one second. Put the mic in my pocket. I went over to that girl. And I looked her in the eye. I go, hey, I don't know what's going on today, but I want you to know, man, I love you. And if there is any reason why we came, it was because of you. Because you need to know that you are loved. Do you mind if I give you a dad hug? And this girl, she's bawling. She goes, I got her up. I gave her a hug in the middle of the gym. And she's like hugging me tight. And I'm like, okay, I got I to gotta finish this assembly. I got to go. But she just kept on grabbing a hold. And I was like, okay. So we hugged. She sat back down. And I continued on and finished the rest of the assembly. But little did I know, this girl right afterwards jumps up from her seat, comes running over towards me. There's a group of kids all around me. I'm giving them a high five. She runs towards me and just hugs me again. I was like, what? Hey, are you okay? What's going on? And she goes, you have no idea what you just did. I go, what, what happened? She goes, you don't know, do you? I go, no, what's going on? And she goes, my friend, this whole time, this whole school year has been telling me about how I need to go to church and how Jesus loves me. And I told my friend that I didn't want to go to church. I don't want to believe in Jesus because he has never shown me any kind of love. And she goes, I woke up this morning. My dad packed up the stuff and he left our house for good. And I told God, if today, if you show me that you love me, then I'll come to you. And she goes, then you saw me out of everybody. And you can't get that And she goes, because of you now, I believe in Jesus. This was a public school. She found Jesus where I didn't even have to say his name. Whatever you do for God, it's not wasted. He sees you and he loves you. For her, her day came that day. I believe there are some people in this room today, your day has come. So this is what I want to do. I want everybody to stand up, stand up, stand up. And I know there are some people in here, and maybe for you, you, you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, as your dad. Today is your day. Maybe for others of you, you accepted him a long time ago, but when you got called, you got stuck, and you were, you fell, and maybe that you fell into sin, or maybe for you, you just got hurt so bad that you stayed in that one spot, and, and Jesus is saying, come on, and you're like, I can't do this no more. It's time for you to get back up. It's time for you to recommit and keep on going down to your Jesus, to your dad. So if that's you, Either A, you need to ask him in your heart for the first time, or, or B, you just need to recommit. Come back. Then this is your moment. If that is you, 
I would like to see you up here right now, and I want to pray. I want to pray that you receive Jesus. I want to pray that you get up out of your hurt, out of your pain, out of your brokenness, and you will know the love of Jesus. So, that's you. Let's go. This has been a podcast of the Griggs Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.